Welcome into the Keepers. I'm the host, Paige Demacos, here with Chris Schubert, and we're talking fantasy football. This week, there was a lot to like, there was a lot not to like, and uh, we're going to kick things off with uh, what we didn't like. But Chris, I'll let you give your overall themes of the weekend. Uh, themes of the weekend. You had a lot of running backs play well. You had a lot of running backs play poorly. It was a week where if you had guys like Kareem Hunt, you were happy. If you had a guy like Ezekiel, you weren't happy. And I think here we are in week two of the fantasy football season heading into week three, really needing to take a good hard look at all of our teams to make some determinations of who's going to stay on our roster and who isn't going to make the cut. Yeah, so let's, let's start with that guy that you mentioned very quickly, and that was Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. uh, let's, let's just talk about him for, an in, for instance, because a lot of what's being talked about for Ezekiel Elliott is the fact that not only did Denver figure out the, how, they, how they can take away Ezekiel Elliott and how they can take away Dak Prescott, but what happened here was you saw Ezekiel Elliott have some of those character issues mm -hmm. on the field. Now, you see his numbers up yeah. on the screen right now. Oh, he's, oh, look, Zeke's telling me how many games he's won me in fantasy. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's a big zero. It's a big fat Thanks, zero. Zeke. Good job, Zeke. Thanks, buddy. Uh, overall, 6.2 points when you're Ezekiel Elliott in a PPR league is not going to get it done. Yeah, so no, it's what not, do you, not What good do you think's going on with Zeke? Uh, I think it's a couple of things. I, I just think he's frustrated, especially when you look at last week. He was just frustrated the fact that Denver figured out how to, how to solve them. I mean, he, they stacked the box. They loaded up with a bunch of different players. And they made it very difficult for him to have any sort of success on the ground. I mean, nine carries for eight yards. He wasn't able to do a whole lot. And that frustration, which he hadn't seen at Ohio State because he had success there, no, that he, he probably hadn't seen in high school. I he, mean, said, he said after the game, his quote was, when do you remember having a, a game like that? Yeah. And his quote was, never. No, so this is the first time he's faced this kind of struggle at any level of football in his career. And he's just frustrated. And he took that frustration out. Uh, he was lazy on one play, didn't get back to make a tackle. Two plays, two, plays, uh, the, two interceptions. The, interception in the, the one interception in particular, uh, that where he just see, you put, see him put his hands on his hips and just kind of give up on the play, it's just unacceptable for, from Ezekiel Elliott. Just from a football perspective, the Dallas Cowboys are paying him to be out there for every play. No yep. matter if the, the play goes right or goes wrong, he needs to give 100%, and he didn't. And Jason Garrett's going to talk to him, and this is a big, it's a big red flag for me. I'm, I mean, I'm very concerned. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it, we, we didn't know if Ziegler was even going to play the first couple weeks of the season. He is. So for fantasy owners that got him at some good value, you're happy to have that ability to put him in there. But you look at the effort that he has put in here in the first two weeks. I mean, even that game against the Giants, the numbers weren't outstanding. Yeah, they, they weren't Ezekiel no. numbers. They were, you were happy because you got him in a value position, mm -hmm. and you thought you weren't going to get him for the first six weeks, and then you got him. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, it's the Giants defense. The Giants defense is pretty good. And you got an average, over, above average, mm -hmm you know, from Ezekiel Elliott. Now, I think what happened here is Denver personnel-wise can do some things that not everybody can no, do. No, I don't think there's any other team in the league that, that personnel-wise can do what Denver did. Maybe Jacksonville's the only team or I would Kansas put. City. Or Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Although no Eric Berry kind of changes how they have to use their personnel a little bit. So there's not a lot of teams out there that can really scheme for what Dallas is able to do. Denver just so happened to be on the schedule this year. They, yeah. had, they had to play them, and it turned out to, to be a bad thing for Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing with Zeke overall is Zeke has had a lot of character issues off the field. And I think the, the, the whole thing with him was Jerry Jones has been willing to take the risk in the past where if you have character issues off the field, as long as it doesn't impact your on-the-field play, they're willing to let you be there. Now, I'm not saying that after one game, let's overreact and say that Ezekiel Elliott, you know, has complete character issues. 
But it's definitely a concern when you look at the lack of effort that he put into on two specific plays that I can think of. And when your head coach in front of the media is saying that he's going to have a one-on-one -on -one with you to discuss the lack of effort and how people that play for the team need to show up for all plays, that's a problem because that means maybe some of these character issues off the field have started to impact what's going on the field. And if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner, you got to be worried a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is he got called out by LaDainian Tomlinson, a Hall of Fame running back. So things are not going well for them. And here's the tough thing. If you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner, you're not expecting him. You didn't draft him in the first or second round. And if you did, you're foolish for doing so with, the, with not knowing what was going to happen with the suspension. But you now have to make a tough decision. And, and this, is, this is the reason why I kind of stayed away from Ezekiel Elliott because I knew that, one, he was probably going to miss time. Yep. And it just so happens that he's not in this case. But when he did miss time, what was he going to be like when he came back? What was, what was he exactly going to, to be able to produce? And we're seeing right now that he is struggling to produce uh, some points. And I think on a week-to-week -week basis, you really got to look at the matchup. And right now, Ezekiel might be a guy that I don't play every week. I, I have to look at the matchup. He's, he's a guy that I saw what he did in his rookie year. He might have to show me something. And I know yeah. I made that joke on Sunday with a lot of different players, but he may be on the list. He may be, I, I need him to show me something before I'm willing to put him back in the lineup because I can't have him going out there and giving me six points. I mean, this is how many wins he got me in fantasy. This many, zero, Zeke. I mean, <laughs> you didn't do anything for me, buddy. No. You, you got to do more than that. No, and we love, we love, we got to make some jokes, oh, yeah. okay? So, you know, you know, we had to put the Ohio graphic in there because, yeah, there I mean, show it to us, oh, yeah. Zeke. How many, live to Ezekiel Elliott. How, how many, many wins, wins did you got? get, everybody, zero. this week, Zeke? Zero. Big zero. zero, Zeke. And 6.2 points in a PPR league. Yeah, I mean, look bad. at that. I mean, he had nine carries for eight bad. yards, and he only had six points overall. He he didn't do anything in that game. No, if you watch that game, which I did for the very bad of the game, for them. you're watching Ezekiel Elliott and you're going, what in the world? I mean, he could, I'm not, Denver aside, mm -hmm. it's, he was not making any type of adjustments as the no. game went on. And it's, that's, a, that's a concern Now, the play me. calling was a little questionable. I yeah, thought Jason Garrett sure. threw the ball way too much in that game, and they need to get back to what works for them because Dak Prescott throwing the ball 50 times is never going to work. If you're a yeah. Dak Prescott fantasy sure. owner, you hate to see that. And they need to get back to their balance. And, and part of it was they were out of the game late. They tried to throw. But there were points early in that game where they could have ran the ball more and they didn't. Let's see what happens, though. They're, I'm, coming, to, they're I'm, coming to Arizona. Yeah. Monday Night Football, Arizona has struggled thus far. Their defense has, has, been, their bright has, spot. Been, has been pretty good. Now they're at home. This is going to be their first game at home. So let's see what the Cardinals can do for with against Ezekiel Elliott. Absolutely. I'm in wait-and-see mode, okay? Mm -hmm. It's one game. You're still starting Zeke. You're, he's still an RB1 this week. But if he struggles again against Arizona, then we're in the matchup category. Then we're looking week-to-week week and, and what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott. And I know that some people are in the category of it's a superstar player, you play him all the time. That's not how I've had success in fantasy football. I've had success by looking at matchups on a week-to-week -week basis and knowing that when Denver's defense is showing up and they're loading the box, if if Arizona does the same thing, Ezekiel Elliott's going to struggle, and you're not going to get any points. You can't win that one. And way. he's a Monday night matchup, so you can't. You really don't have the, no, the wiggle room to put somebody yeah. else in for him because then you're going to be picking somebody from that game. So that's the other thing to factor into it. I'm less concerned about Ezekiel Elliott as I am any of the Giants players. Yeah, and that's our next thing when we look at the headlines overall. We're looking at the New York Giants as an entirety of an offense. Uh, they on Now we have two Sunday night football and Monday night football to look at them and go, what in the world is going on with the New York Giants? And my first thing I look at 
where I look at two specific offenses that I think people were a little bit too high on mm -hmm. is the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants. And the reason that they're struggling is because their offensive line is, say it with me, Chris. Garbage. Garbage. Really, Garbage. really bad. And their offensive players cannot get the ball. Eli Manning does not have any time. Russell Wilson doesn't have any time. That eliminates the New York Giants offensive players. There were dreams in your early fantasy football uh, projections, your early fantasy football draft work, when you were entering your, entering your draft, man, I'm going to get one of these Giants wide receivers, and Eli Manning's going to be able to throw to all of them. He's going to be able to throw to Odo Beckham Jr. He's going to be able to throw to Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall, Evan Ingram even as one of the, the hot rookies this year. You could dream of how many fantasy points they were going to get you. They've scored 13 points in the first two games of the season. 13. 13 Total. points on offense Total. the first two games of the season. They're not, getting ball, not, they're not getting the football into the end zone. Why? They can't protect Eli Manning. He doesn't have time to let routes develop. It doesn't help that Brandon Marshall dropped an open pass. It doesn't help that Odo Beckham Jr. missed the week one of the regular season. For sure. But until this team shows me their ability to score, dating back to last season, this is now seven straight games without them yeah, scoring 20 points. For sure. Where are the touchdowns going to come from? Well, I mean, if you have Odo Beckham Jr., you can't expect him to score more than one touchdown on a given week. Not only that, but I think what we're going to dive into on our Thursday show is more of the injury aspect. We're going to have Dr. Parekh of the Fantasy Doctors join us and give us a little, a little preview of what's mm -hmm. going on with Odell Beckham Jr. Because what he said is his injury is a six to eight week injury. That makes a huge difference because he's now back. It's only been three or four weeks. And if he's going to be out there in a decoy where he's only playing like he did last night in about 25 to 30% of the snaps, he's no longer wide receiver one. He's no longer Odell Beckham Jr. And you got to wait and see with him because if he's only going to be out there as a decoy and his injury is as serious as it is, you're not starting him in a wide receiver one spot. You might start him in a flex spot, but I don't think I'm starting him at all if his injury is as serious as it was. He had 34 yards yesterday. 34 yards yeah. and four receptions. He, That's not going to cut it for you. He didn't score you a lot of points. And, and just like we were talking about with Zeke and Jason Garrett having a conversation with him, I mean, Ben McAdoo made it public. I mean, he went out to the yep. media and blamed... Eli Manning for one play in particular and that's what the New York media is going to run with that's just what they do there in New York and this team's a mess they're all over the place they're 0-2 we know what happens when you start the year 0-2 that you only have like a 12% chance of making the postseason they may press a little bit in week three they're going up against the Eagles who are not an easy matchup for them anytime they play somebody yep. in the NFC East it's a tough matchup for them right now at this juncture and it's only two weeks into the season all of the Giants I'm putting in a separate category, and I need to, I need to just wait and see with them. I need to, for them to, on a week-to-week -week basis, show me that they're getting back to the way that they used to be because it's now seven straight games where they haven't scored 20 points. If that's the case, there's not a lot of touchdowns to go around, and no. those are your big point producers. Yeah, I'm, I mean, not, you need I'm not starting, I'm not I'm starting, not starting any, any of these no. guys in a league, and it's tough because no. Sterling Shepard was one of the guys that I was super high on before the year because yeah. I thought everyone's going to drift toward Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham Jr., but it was going to be Sterling Shepard that was going to be the beneficiary of those guys being together and nobody's succeeding right now and it's it's hurting them on the field they can't do anything well the biggest part of this is if you're an owner of any of these guys at the end of the day if you don't have a good offensive line and Eli doesn't have time he's not an athletic quarterback okay? Absolutely he's, much like his, not. he's much like his brother he cannot scramble so if he doesn't no. have time in the pocket and he can't throw the ball these guys are irrelevant he so, had an Eli-esque throw last night Eli sure. did, where he was getting crushed 
and he just kind of flipped the ball <laughs> and it was like wobbling in the air. It and wasn't even a good throw. It. Sterling Shepard yeah. ended up making the catch. But th I mean, that's luck. It's not. It was it. I mean, they good. can't that's do lucky. anything else. They just don't have anything. Mm -hmm. A lot of drop passes are disappointing as well. I need to see them get back into a flow before I'm willing to put them anywhere in my They line. got booed off the field. Well, Ben McAdoo's not calling plays properly either. That's another problem. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that team. We could spend, I think, an hour talking about disaster. how horrible they are. But let's get into the injury report. And we will start with Corey Coleman, who broke a bone in his <sighs> hand, a similar injury that he had last year. So this is a problem, because when you're re-injuring the same injury, you're having the same problems going forward. Then it becomes a reoccurring problem. It's the same thing that's happening with Sam Bradford, where he's had an ACL tear. He's having pain in the same knee that he had the ACL tear in. That's where you start getting really, really concerned. So now Corey Coleman becomes a guy that you're, if he's got a broken bone, you know what's happening. He has to go out and catch passes. He's not going to be able to do that without a broken bone. I know you asked, Chris asked me yesterday kind of jokingly, like, oh, is Corey Coleman going to start? Well, obviously not if yeah. he's got a broken bone. So you got to go out and get somebody else at this point. Yeah, I mean, I have Corey Coleman in my uh, auction league, and I just put him on the – we have an injured reserve spot, so I yeah. put him on there. So I, if he can come back later in the season, I can hold on to him. But this is so disappointing because I think when you look at a Cleveland offense that lost Terrell Pryor as he went to Washington – that didn't really have a whole lot of other players in that passing game. And they, they drafted David Njoku, who's a tight end. He caught his first touchdown pass over the weekend. Corey Coleman seemed to be the breakout star as he showed how good he could be in his action last season. But now he's hurt. He's going to miss probably the same amount of time that he missed last season. He only played in 10 games last year. He injured the, this hand at the same time last year, week two, and only played in 10 games. So you're going to be without him for a little while. It makes me worried about Deshaun Kaiser. Does he press a little bit too much? Does he try to force it to other receivers? He has some injury issues Kenny too. Britt's not looking great. I mean, Kenny Britt looks old. They haven't been able to establish the run because when they're behind in these games, they have to throw the football. And this is kind of the situation I envisioned with Cleveland is if they get behind late in games, they're going to throw the football. But now the question is, who's Deshaun Kaiser going to throw the ball to? And is Deshaun Kaiser even going to be the quarterback? So these Cleveland players, I think you got to stay away from them as well for the next couple of weeks until they show you that they're going to get. I mean, offense all around the league is down uh, so far through the first two weeks. Touchdowns are down. Field goals are up and total scoring is down. That's a recipe for disaster for your fantasy team as teams are not putting points on the board. And in Cleveland, they're not scoring at all. That means pay a little bit closer attention to what fantasy defense you are starting uh -huh. on a weekly basis. You can get a lot basis. of points. There's a lot of good value here for in the sure. first couple weeks in the season because for a lot of these players on offense, they didn't play in the preseason. So these first no. two weeks are glorified preseason games for them. They just so happen to count. Yeah, I'm and thinking of Le'Veon Bell. Right David Johnson. Of, I mean, yeah. David Johnson didn't play at all in the preseason. Goes out there in week one and gets hurt. And, you know, it, maybe does he play in the preseason? Does, does he know to take himself out? Does he know... Uh, how to better carry the football. I don't know. Yeah, but, we don't know the answer. But when you don't play in preseason, it lends itself to these types of problems. I mean, look at the Giants. I mean, they maybe could have fixed some of their problems if they had these guys out there during preseason. That's why you need to shorten the preseason. Shorten the preseason. Shorten I mean, have pre it be two games so yep. that they're out there playing. And if you want still those all those games to be played, add two to the regular season. I don't know if the Players Association is ever going to go for that. Never. But for fantasy, you just have a situation where none of these guys are, are in gear yet. Offenses always take longer to develop than defenses. Yep. And you are seeing that right now through the first couple weeks of the season. So if you have some big players that aren't producing for you and you spent a lot to, to draft them or you drafted them in the first or second round, don't give up on them. Just hold on because they're going to break out at some point, but it's just kind of navigating that minefield here for the first couple weeks. All right, another guy that has having injury issues, a guy that always has injury issues, oh. that's Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, having a groin issue. Um, this guy, Gronkowski, has always had issues with injuries. It's his leg, it's his groin, it's the, his calves. Back. It's 
back issues. So Gronkowski, although he says he's fine, I've been watching, reading up on what's going on on Twitter, I've followed a couple of Patriots reporters, but the issue here with Gronk is he seems to always get hurt at some point during the season. If he's already having a lingering issue, it's something to keep very close eye on because they do have Dwayne Allen now. And if Gronk needs to sit, that might be somebody you need to go out and put on your bench, keep around, because if Gronk's not out there, you might pick up Dwayne Allen, and he might be the beneficiary of those points. I mean, don't get me started about how much of a believer in Dwayne Allen I am, because I was on this guy first. I mean, the moment uh, when we did our first Pigskin with Pancake show for the Thursday night opener, I talked about Dwayne Allen as a fantasy player, because Rob Gronkowski's going to get hurt. He's going to miss time. Yep, you just know he that. He always does. But you knew that territory when you drafted Rob Gronkowski. I don't think there's anybody out there that picked him up that was expecting him to play in all 16 games. That wasn't going to be the case. So you, you, you drafted a backup tight end for this exact situation, somebody that you believe in. Eric Ebron's a guy that may still be out there in some leagues. I, don't, I think he's a guy that flies under the radar. A lot of people were high on him his first two seasons, and he didn't play all that well, so maybe a lot of people jumped the bandwagon. He's a guy that I really like. Dwayne Allen, obviously, is another one. But there you can find tight ends around this league. Hunter Henry, I mean, he played better, so I have to give Hunter Henry that after I bashed him on Sunday. He played much better. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Uh, he played much better. So there, there are options out there if Gronk does go down and you didn't draft a, a backup, but you certainly should have because you knew what you were getting into when you got Gronk. Yeah, the next guy we're going to talk about is Jordy Nelson, a guy that um, when I have, I have Gary Horton, who's a former NFL scout on our podcast, the Scout in the Sports page. We were talking about what the Green Bay Packers look like without Jordy Nelson. He said they're not a contender in the NFC without Jordy Nelson. What does that mean? They need this guy back. He is Aaron Rodgers' safety blanket. He is the number one guy. He is the Julian Edelman to Tom Brady, even more so because of the explosiveness that Jordy Nelson has. So he is, as of right now, 50-50 to go against the Bengals. That matchup for a fantasy is huge. He was one of the guys I was going to put in our money matchups because I love that matchup for Jordy Nelson. He had an ACL injury. He now has the quad injury. So what are we going to see from Jordy? That's something you need to pay very, very close attention to. And if he isn't playing, who is going to be the guy that gets those touches? Is it Parker? Is it Ad or is it Adams? Is it Ty Montgomery getting the ball a little bit more? So we'll see what happens with the Green Bay Packers offense. But right now, 50-50, somebody you're paying very close attention to. Yeah, I mean, and if he does go down, Martellus Bennett's a guy to keep an eye on for. Ty Montgomery catching the ball to the backfield, Randall Cobb yep. uh, and uh, Adams. These are the two guys that you're really going to uh, put a lot of stock into. But it changes the whole dynamic of their offense, and, and that changes the value of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're still going to play Aaron Rodgers, but not having Jordy Nelson, that deep threat, because that's what Jordy Nelson is for him. He can throw the ball deep down the field, and Jordy will go get it. Uh, it, it changes how they do things. So it's something to keep an eye on for. And if you're a Jordy Nelson owner, I think you got to, at least here on a Tuesday, start looking at some other options. And if Jordy's healthy, then you can go with him. If not, you have those other options, whether it's via trade or whether it's through the waiver wire. Yeah, I think you hold on to Jordy because he's no, a absolutely. valuable asset. And if he is 50-50, that means by the following week he's probably coming back. But definitely something to pay attention to, especially if you have Adams or Cobb that you feel more comfortable starting in a week when Jordy isn't playing. Mm -hmm. Now, Sam Bradford, let's talk about this quote. Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer says about Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford is fine. He might play one game from now, and he might play six games from now. He is fine. Okay, I think head coach Mike Zimmer and I have a different definition of fine. Because if he plays this week, he's fine. If he doesn't play for six weeks, he's not fine, Mike. There's a different – that's like when a girl says, yeah, I'm fine. No, no, she's definitely not she's fine. Not and fine. Sam Bradford is definitely, definitely not fine. 
All right, well, I looked this up and I got this for everybody. So I, I Googled what the definition of fine was, of high quality. Sam Bradford didn't play on Sunday, but we classify him of high quality. No. So I don't know what Mike Zimmer's talking about here. And, and, and what I really enjoy is the doubling down of it that he ended up doing by saying if Case Keenum had to start multiple games for them, that he thinks uh, Case would do, a, would do a good job. Did you watch Case Keenum play on Sunday? And this changes the value of Stephon Diggs. It changes the value of Dalvin Cook. It changes the value of Adam Thielen. All of these guys' values change when, when Case Keenum is in there over Sam Bradford. It is a huge question mark. It's a huge red flag if you're an owner of any of those players. Kyle Rudolph in there as well. Mm -hmm. And for Dalvin Cook is a guy that I was super high on, and I talked about how good of a week one performance he had and how I thought he was going to be able to avoid the injury to Sam Bradford impacting him. It doesn't seem to be the case. He struggled as well. The whole team seemed to struggle with Case Keenum in there. This is a big, big issue for the Minnesota Vikings and for a guy like Stephon Diggs who needs a quarterback that's going to get him the ball in space. And is Case Keenum really able to do that? I don't think so. No, I'll answer that question for no, you. It's, it's no, it's a no. It's, it's very clearly a no. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be the same when you have the Minnesota Vikings. There's, this is going to be an issue for their offense mm -hmm. overall. Like This is going to be a, a very big issue for their offense because they, they need Sam Bradford out there. They were just starting to gel. And if he misses four weeks... This is a completely different team. And if you had Dalvin Cook, Sam Bradford, uh, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, I'm not starting these guys. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel confident We're starting. We're alienating Maybe. half the NFL. Yeah. And none mean, of the Giants are playing for yeah, us. Yeah, but that's what that's No, what but that's, that's, the, that's the way it is here in yeah, week, week two, week three. This is what's happening very quickly. Now, I want to go Greg Olson injured. He's going to be out for a while, okay. breaks his foot. Yep. So there's a couple of different guys. Oh, Carolina's team, stay away from. Yeah. That team can't put up any points right now. And Zero. Cam, and Cam Newton's hurt. He looked banged up his ankle. Here's ankle it's in that bad. game. It, yeah, a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries for We're two weeks guys. into the season, a lot of injuries. But Maybe you should play in the preseason. But know. this is what happens. This is where you test your fantasy football knowledge because this is where your bench gets tested because if you have a guy like Cam Newton or Greg Olson or some of these guys that aren't going to be playing, this is where drafting a really good bench means good things for you. A guy like Samadre P. Ryan who might end up being – Don't page. I'm trying to pick him up in my auction league. Chris doesn't told, want the rest of his league. You just league, told you know? everyone in my auction league that I'm trying to pick hey, up Samaj P. Ryan. auction league. Don't, I'm looking at uh, you. I bid, Go uh, get Samaj P. Ryan. I only bid a dollar, so you can bid two dollars. It's okay. You bid six. He bid six. I'm calling him out live on the show. Hope you're watching. I can, he hold bid on. six. Actually, $6. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in right now and change my, my bid. So. <laughs> See how I'm calling him out live yeah, on the I'm show? I'm going to change my uh, Let's right go now. to the positives. That is Ooh, the performances were... of the week. Lots of good performances of the week, and we're going to kick things off with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Martavis Bryant. He looked really, really good this week. Oh, yes, he did. We Thank you very what, much. We knew what was going to happen. I'll give props to Chris and props to yeah, myself. No, we both we called, called this, this out. One. We knew that he was going to have a good week. We called it out on Pigskin with Pancakes. And he did have himself a very, very nice week. You'd see the numbers there. Three catches, 91 yards, a touchdown. When you can put up... 20, almost 20 points in a PPR mm -hmm. league, and you're a guy you're probably starting in a wide receiver two or a flex spot, that's awesome. This was a very specific matchup-oriented decision that we yep. made on this show because we looked at the Minnesota Vikings defense and thought, okay, Xavier Rhodes is going to put a blanket over Antonio Brown. So who's going to be the next man up? And the, the snap counts, the targets, all pointed to Martavis Bryant being the guy. That's why those two numbers are so important to look at if you're looking for some of these deep waiver wire pickups on teams where the matchups maybe favor the wide receiver two or wide receiver three. They want Martavis Bryant to be the number, the, the, the number two wide receiver. 
wide receiver there in Pittsburgh. That's what they want. And I know Juju Smith-Schuster caught a touchdown pass there as well, but Martavis Bryant's the guy they want to establish there as the number two. So he's going to get the looks. He's going to get the... This is not a one-week thing. Now, it's very matchup-specific if you're going to play him in a wide receiver two or a flex spot, but he's a guy that if you have on your team, don't now just get rid of him. Keep an eye on him. See what the matchup looks like. See who the number one corner is for the opposing team because if that person is good enough to take away Antonio Brown, it probably means a lot of points for Martavis Bryant. Yeah, like we said on Sunday's show, when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive players and you're playing at home, Big Ben averages twice as many touchdowns at home, seven more fantasy points at home. What does that mean? That means the beneficiaries are guys like Martavis Bryant. Mm -hmm. So if they're staying at home, I feel confident starting them against any matchup Absolutely. because the Minnesota Vikings are a very good defense, very good. but it didn't defense. matter. It didn't matter because when they suck, no. when they play at home, it's big offensive numbers. Yep. Now, the next guy we're going to look at is Chris Thompson. He's oh, a guy who... I, I we didn't both, know he existed. Yeah, Chris didn't know he existed. Didn't even know he was we a person. This, there he is. I see him. He's right there. Hey, there Chris. There he is in hey, real buddy. life. Yeah, this is somebody we also said to start. A guy that Rob Kelly now with some injuries. This is going to be a guy who gets a lot of these touches now, and you saw him take advantage of... He had three rushes. He had seven total receptions as well, 77 yards, two touchdowns. When you get two touchdowns from your running back, oh, you're a happy camper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a bit of a disclaimer on this. He's the guy for now. And, and here's why I think so. For Samaj P. Ryan had zero touches in week one. You know how many carries he had last week? 21. So there's something there. Washington knows who their answer is at running back, and it is Samaj P. Ryan. So ride the Chris Thompson bandwagon while you can. In PPR league. But very quickly recognize that there's going to be a new guy in town and is going to be Samaj P. Ryan before the end of the season. And if you can be proactive, like I am trying to be, even though Paige is trying to ruin it for me <laughs> and pick up Samaj P. Ryan now, stash him on the bench, wait for him to end up being the starter, if you can do that, then by the time the season's over, when you're making your playoff push, I think you're going to have the running back one in Washington. I'm here to help everybody else. I'm not here to help. No, oh, yeah, you Sorry, want my Chris. team too. Uh, I lost this week, so there you go. There's yeah, that. Chris lost. Antonio this week. Brown and he's like I'm five now, points. I'm now six and zero. Oh, just so, just in case we're keeping count, we're gonna uh, we're gonna make we this update, live on the show. Should we update our league? And oh, you see how I didn't even I didn't even need I didn't even count. Well, that's Owen. That's that is? Hold on, that's I just six. made that happen. No, that's I wish six. that into the, no, no, no. That's Owen six, baby. No, we that's got, six points because there's not a first decibel here. No, no, no. So Smart hold on. Genius. Let's make this six and zero oh for you. No. There you go. Okay. And you get rid of your. Th yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, but it's six. on your side. I don't like your. All right, side whatever. Um, go back to zero. So I don't in, like Chris. So Paige and I actually are co-general managers of a fantasy team. Yeah. Paige Rowan too. Here's the thing. I don't. Don't you do this. I didn't draft the team, so I don't really feel like I'm going You did not draft really the team, count. but when it came to key decisions, I enlisted your help. We took Le'Veon Bell. We he didn't take David Johnson. He hasn't asked me once to set the lineup. Not one. Well, with our, with our bench consisting of Eddie Lacy and Eric Decker and Sterling Shepard, I think you're going to hate the bench that I've put yeah, together here. Yeah, I hate here. Eddie Lacy. We're, we're in some trouble. We're going to need to battle out of this 0-2 hole that we're in. So, yeah, right, I'm sorry to sidetrack like us. Go problem, ahead. Yeah. Chris. All right, moving on. Kareem Hunt, a rookie that we love. Ooh, okay? yes, we do. He's going to be in the Chris's Crushes or Paige's Locks of the Week because I love Kareem Hunt yeah. because Andy Reid runs the football, 13 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, like we said. When you can put up two touchdowns and you're a running back, we love you. Yeah, of course we do. I mean, so 26 points in a PPR league from your running back one. I mean, that's... You're happy with that. You'll take that any day of the and week. And good uh, value since you probably didn't draft him high. I think what matters here is the offense that he's going to play in. And it's going to be able to continue because you look at Kareem Hunt, he's going to be the featured back there. He's going to be the guy that sees 
all of the carries. He's going to be the guy that can catch the ball in the backfield because the way they structure their offense, they use that running back a lot. And I will I will admit when I am wrong, and I will admit it right here. I thought it would take longer for Kareem Hunt to get into Wait, gear. Wait, can you say that again? Yeah, I was wrong. I thought it would take Wait, longer. Wait, one more for, time? I was factually incorrect. Oh, that was good. That was because nice. I thought it would take a little bit longer for Kareem Hunt to get adjusted to the NFL. I thought it would take maybe a schedule that was a little bit easier for him in the middle of the season to hit his stride. Boy, was I wrong. He opened up with a huge performance against uh, the New England Patriots, but I don't think any of us saw what Kansas City would have been able to do. and Nobody uh, guessed that. And then you look at what they did against the Eagles, and he continued to be that great player. So this is a guy you definitely got tremendous value on when you got him, and you're reaping all the benefits right now. Now, the only thing I would say is maybe you could, if you have a deficiency someplace else and you're deep at running back, you could potentially try to sell high on Kareem Hunt. Oh, I kind of like that. Now, I don't think you should do it now, but keep an eye on it. Because if you have a good running back in the running back two spot, you got a bench running back like a Samaj P. Ryan that you know that maybe at some point you're going to want to put in your lineup, but you're like, you know what, really need a wide receiver, Guess what? There's probably an owner in your league that has David Johnson. They'll want Kareem Hunt. So you can make, yeah. maybe make some moves. So these are the things you need to keep an eye on for here in week two. Not because you need to make a move right now, but down the road when you want to make a move, structure your roster in a place where you aren't. I hate when, when, when owners fall in love with a guy because then you hold on to them for too long. And Kareem Hunt's a guy where if he has a stretch of three or four bad games, you're going to lose all the value on him. So, and he's going to hit a rookie wall at some point. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, not yet, though. Teams are going to figure sure him out. So hold on to him, figure out what your roster looks like, and then if you need to make a move, Kareem Hunt might be a guy you can kind of flip for a wide receiver. Yeah, he comes back in week two. We asked the question, what's he going to do after week one? He comes back in Same week thing, two. Same thing, Unbelievable performance. So if you have Kareem Hunt, while I do agree with what Chris is saying, if you do have a lot of deficiencies, let's say you did have a David Johnson, now you don't have a, a running back one, you know, maybe you go out and try and target that guy or that girl in the league and say, hey, let me dangle Kareem Hunt and get a mm -hmm. lot of return. Absolutely. But as we know, running backs that put up a lot of points are in high, high value any year, and especially this year when a lot of these guys, like I think David Johnson, the number one overall guy this year, goes down. Le'Veon Bell's been less than good. Just pay attention. Make sure you're getting a big, big return on a guy like Kareem Hunt. But let's talk about the next guy. That is Chris Hogan. I'm bringing up this guy because, yes, this was another guy that Chris decided to call out, and he had a, he had a good I, week. No, no, all I asked him to do was, you said, what is what Chris is Chris Hogan, Hogan yeah, and I good. wanted to show me something. And he well, did. Well, guess what? He did. So, Chris Hogan, I'm paying attention to you now. You have my attention. <laughs> I'm paying attention Five receptions to you now. for 78 yards, one touchdown, and 18.8 points. You can all see it there. There he is. He's running around over there. Yeah, and he looks this, good. And He's this, running around. Look, scoring points. the Saints defense is what it is. You can only play the people that are on your schedule. I'm not going to pick on Chris Hogan because he had to play against the Saints. The, the Patriots, not college. The Patriots don't pick their schedule. The schedule gets made for them. They played the Saints. They took advantage of it. Yep. I want to see Chris Hogan do this against the Denver Broncos. I want to see Chris Hogan do this against the Oakland Raiders. I want to see him do it against the teams that are going to be competitive in let's the just, AFC. Let's just take a quick look at their I, schedule. Yeah, I don't know what their, what their schedule is let's here in the next couple look. of weeks, but I want to see him get tested. Why? Because I think once he gets tested and gets a little bit more attention paid to him, we're really going to learn about Chris Hogan, see how they, successful he is. They play the Texans next week. That's a tough defense. At home. That is a defense that they could play make the, some they trouble. They play the Panthers him. at home after that. That's a team that you're probably going to have success against. Yeah, they play the Buccaneers on the road. That's a tough team. I love that team. I know you do, love but I think that team. we'll see. We'll see what Chris Hogan, I think a lot of this has to do with the injuries and what happens mm -hmm. there. The last guy we'll get to here is Devontae Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons. I think he might make an appearance on our, this is a teaser, people. We're Ooh. doing running backs and ice cream tomorrow, tomorrow because we yeah. loved our whining with whiners. Wine and quarterbacks, it went over really well. So we're going to do ice cream flavors and Look at running those backs. Numbers. 
Look Run, at them. Yeah, look at those numbers. They're oh, beautiful. Those are he did a very, very good job. You're seeing that this Atlanta Falcons, although they had a bad, they had a bad week one against the Chicago Bears. They're two and zero. Oh. They you come can't back. Complain. Yeah, they come back on prime time at home against a very good Green Bay Packers defense, and they put them the on. The team speed showed. All being on yes. the turf, it really yep. showed how much being there on their home field really helps them show that team speed off. And you see it with Taylor Gabriel, you see it with Julio Jones, Freeman, Coleman, even Matt Ryan. It just they just seem like a totally different team when they're in their environment, being able to play on that turf. And you saw the impact for your fantasy teams over the weekend. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that also has to do, and I know that it doesn't surprise me that Chicago has horrible turf because they have a horrible team. So Chicago, oh, the connection can, we, is can we get it together, Chicago, please? My hometown team, can you get yeah, it together? Yeah, or else you're going to be 0-6. Uh, yeah, your turf is really bad and everybody complains about it. So maybe it's time to fix it. I don't know. I'm going out on a limb here. Uh, last thing here, your team sucks. We want people to submit to us. Your team sucks. Yes. Uh, we did it last week. If you want to find that, you can go on YouTube and find the second episode of this show. We had five different guys who sent us in some amazing, amazing videos uh, that they yeah. did. Selfie style. Just take a video. It can be 10 seconds. It can be a minute and a half. But really, we just want you to tell us why your team sucked. Yeah, why did you lose this yeah. week? What happened with your team? Yep. Did you forget to put somebody in the lineup? Did For you sure. leave somebody in the lineup who didn't play? We, we've, we've heard all the stories, but we want to hear your stories from this past week. Uh, so send those to Paige. Don't yeah. send those to me. I'm yeah. not going to look at them. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore sports page. And you can, you can slide them into the DMs. You can wow, right in there with That's, the Your yeah, Team just, Sucks videos. Yeah, write them in. Your Team Sucks videos. I want all of them. Uh, send them in. There was a lot of opportunities, let's say, for Your Team Sucks this week. Absolutely. And uh, lastly, Chris, how can everybody follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Chris R. Schubert is where everybody can follow me on Twitter. I will take all of your fantasy football hate. It's right down there. You can see it. Uh, I'll take all the fantasy football. You want to bash my team? Go right ahead. I, I'm, I'm open for the discussion. Chris is, uh, Chris is pretty good at taking I'm 0-2 in two leagues and 1-1 one one in another. We're not off to a great start, people. Maybe I should have drafted Chris Hogan. Yeah, I think he needs my help. And uh, as always, you can follow me at the underscore sports page. And you can follow this show at the underscore or the keepers FF. That's fantasy football, obviously. But for Chris Schubert, I'm Paige Demakos. This has been the Keepers on FanRag Sports.